Hey there, this is Therese Skelly, and I am so excited that you are going to be listening to an episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. Do you like those two words? Fiercely Brilliant. My hypothesis is that you are here for a reason. We all are. Our souls have led us on journeys that have very often taken some twists and turns, and sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes there's struggle, and there's loss, and there's challenge, and in the middle of that, there's always the way out. And it's those times that often lead us into our great life and work. So you're going to hear stories in these episodes of myself and other beautiful people that share the journey. They share how they got to the place where they're standing, working in their brilliance and being the powerful leaders that they are. So stay tuned and enjoy this episode. Hey, 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 this is Therese Kelly of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. I'm so excited that you are here. And woohoo, you know I bring amazing people on this podcast, and today is no exception. So today I'm delighted to bring Renee Pacer Paul. So Renee and I are in the Evolutionary Business Council together, and I got to spend some time with her in April, and she shared some of who she is with me. And I was like, Oh my God, you have got to come. You have, I need your story out in the world. And so Renee, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. It's wonderful. Thank you. To share and this time with you. I was commenting on her beautiful background. Like, do you want to just like, so be where she is? I, I love, I love the background. It's just like, it's really like, it's like art. So thank you for the good visuals to start this, right? All right. Awesome. So Renee, tell us what you do. Cause you have a very interesting, very different business for most of the people I interview. So I want to hear how you show up in the world and how you support people. Well, I show up in the world and help support people by using the creative skills that I've acquired over the years mm -hmm. and combine them with some really horrific things that have happened to me in the past mm -hmm. to help people get over trauma mm -hmm. and really delve into and deal with difficult situations. Mm. And I know you're a speaker, facilitator. Yes. Like, I'm yeah. working on a book too. So soon to be author. That's awesome. Really good. Good. Well, you know, let's just dive in. This is called the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast because I don't want people just to be fiercely here. I want them to like shine their brilliance, live from the space of brilliance, contribute from their brilliance. So how do you think trauma affects somebody from being able to be fully expressed and really who they are in the world? Well, to best answer that, I'm going to draw on my own experience. Perfect. When uh, a number of years ago, a stranger broke into my house in the middle of the night and he stabbed me and he raped me. And it was, as you can imagine from what I just said, an incredibly difficult thing to overcome. Yeah. Not only did that happen, but he ended up coming back a couple more times, fortunately, when I was not at my home. Oh. But so it ended up being a recurring trauma right, because right. of that happening. Mm -hmm. I ended up doing a couple of things that helped me tremendously okay. to move forward from that. One of them was the fact that I was blessed with a trip for the same day when the attack happened. So I ended up in the hospital in, mm. at about five in the morning, and I said two things while I was there over and over again, mm -hmm. like mantras. Yeah. 
The first one was, I'm not going to let this bastard ruin my life. Good. Hopefully that language was okay. We love the language here. He because that's yeah. exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah. And the second thing was, uh, could we speed this up? Because I have a plane to catch. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I was determined to go on my two-week yeah. trip to Europe. And it, it wow. fit right with the other mantra of, I'm not going to let this yeah. bastard ruin my life. Right. I took that trip. And because I was on that trip was the reason I wasn't there the second time he came back. Oh, my God. So that trip saved my life mm -hmm. in a couple mm -hmm. of different ways. But when I look back on it now, mm. one of the things I realized was because I took that step to continue doing things in my life that were important to me, that were a, a quote unquote normal part of my life, right. even though right. a trip like that isn't normal, it was for me at that moment. Uh -huh. And then when I got back, and the third occurrence happened when I was still no longer at the house because we knew it wasn't safe for me to be there. I went um, to there to gather some belongings and my then boyfriend said to me, well, we have to stop this now because you have to go officiate your volleyball match. At that point, I looked with, at him like he had about three heads. Right, right. And I just said, all right, you're right. I made a commitment. I have to go do this. Yeah. So I went off to do that as well. And all of those things taught me that mm -hmm. if you don't let what happens to you define you, mm -hmm. if you make the choices, you define what you're going to do and choose that mm -hmm. instead of what someone else is trying to get you to do right. as a result they made happen. Mm -hmm. That makes all the difference in the world. What an amazing story. Wow. And, you know, I, there's not a lot of people that just come and just talk about a rape. And so if you're watching, you might, I maybe put a little trigger warning, right? You might be a little, little trigger yourself yes. and breathe, right? We're okay right now. It's not happening right now. And if you have a reaction, it's okay. You're just, you're just having a reaction. And Renee, I, just props to you, like anybody that can survive that um, and then turn it to the good, right? But, but sometimes, like, what about, I want to talk about what if something happened 10 years ago? And because you, you did it the day of, in the moment, right? What about people that have had either trauma that they didn't realize or trauma that, you know, like you get out, you get divorced and you're like, God, that was traumatic. You know what I mean? Like, so, so that's a little bit of a different thing. So what do you have around that? I can also share that even though I, when I came back, I did those things yeah. and then realized I needed some help and got some counseling. Yeah, sure. I found all of that to be beneficial. And I thought, I thought I was okay. Yeah. You know, even in the midst of everything that happened, I thought I'm okay. I've got it together. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to fast forward then. Okay. Probably about eight years. Okay. And I attended the first, for the first time, uh, this conference called CPSI, Creative Problem Solving Institute. It's the oldest running creativity conference in the mm. world. And it happens outside of my former hometown in Buffalo, New York. And at one of the sessions there, we had to go through a series of exercises about who you are. So you mm -hmm. had to say, I am what? I am a mother. I am yeah. a teacher. I am a volleyball official. I am mm -hmm. whatever. And 
we had to go through layer upon layer upon layer of this. And about the time I got to I am 30, whatever, I hit a wall and I completely broke down. Mm. And as I recovered through that process, I realized then that my healing had not finished, but not by uh, a long shot. Yeah, yeah. So there were parts of me that I thought were okay, but mm-hmm. that the real work hadn't gone down right. into the deep layers. And that was the start for me of doing that work right. and falling absolutely in love with the world of creativity. <laughs> and that's why I've involved with that ever since. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, so I think- to answer your question, yes, um, I know there are people out there struggling with things, sometimes mm-hmm. without even being aware of it, mm-hmm. of occurrences that happen many years ago, sometimes mm-hmm. even decades ago. Mm-hmm. And that's what prompted me actually to do the work that I do. Because I heard someone on a talk show call in about all the things she couldn't have or be or do mm-hmm. or that no one could love her, that she could yeah. never feel safe or have mm-hmm. a job, just this litanies of, I, of, right. she, of her saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then she said, because she was raped, yeah. not 10 yeah. days ago or 10 weeks ago or 10 months ago, like 10 years ago. Yeah. And that's when I knew that all those things she said she couldn't have be or do was at that point, that was my life, mm-hmm. that I had all those things mm-hmm. I, I could and I, and I had that, that it was important that that was a message that mm-hmm. I share mm-hmm. and work that I do. That's awesome. That's awesome. So let's talk about some signs. You know, you don't just have to have been raped to have trauma. Right. And I, and I want to just spoke, focus true. on the word trauma because there's little micro traumas that we just, oh, it's no big deal. Bullying. Oh, they didn't mean it. Um, a breakup. You know, for me, I had infertility for, for years. And even though I got pregnant, that I was still traumatized. You know, even though I got the thing, I, I remember like, you know, and so for me, a lot of it, I used to be a psychotherapist. So this was kind of my expertise in many ways it's like your physiology is just jacked up. And so, you know, so one of the signs is just look at your nervous system. You know, you see something and do you have an overreaction? Or if you think about something, you start looping, you can't stop thinking about it, or you feel fear or terror. So what do you, because you work with trauma. So how would people identify, obviously, I know if I'm raped, I know, you know, certain things, but how would you know if you kind of still afflicted with trauma that is interfering with you? Like in your world, what signs would they, would they have? Well, certainly for someone who's been physically assaulted, yeah. uh, one of the key indicators is uh, an exagger- what's called an exaggerated startle response. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if someone comes up on you suddenly right. or you're around a corner and yeah. someone scares you a little, something that wouldn't normally scare right. many people to a degree that mm-hmm. you are... I tend to be hypersensitive about mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that could be one indicator. Um, yeah. I know for a long time for me, it was impossible essentially to watch violence on television, especially yeah. violence of a personal, well, yeah, a very personal right, nature. Right. I would just yeah. turn. And that makes sense. That. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I remember shortly after arriving home, I didn't even want to encounter listening to news on television Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to hear about anything that was bad because bad things 
then triggered yeah, right. bad things for me. Right, right. So, um, but then there are other smaller signs, like things that you just think, I don't want to go there. I don't want to deal with that. I'm going to avoid that. If you start seeing a pattern Mm -hmm. with that, that those things keep cropping up again and again, Mm -hmm. something's going on there that's preventing you from exploring that or being comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. So that that would be another indicator. Mm. Trying to think of some more examples. I think it would vary depending on what the mm-hmm. nature of the trauma mm-hmm. was. Of course, of course. You know, for me, the biggest one, trauma, is shame. Like shame breeds. Like, yeah. like you were great to say that bastard will not, you put it out of you. Like he will not take from me. And I was working with a client recently and she had, family molestation, like the father molested, you know, somebody and then the brother, she did nothing. She didn't perpetrate anything, but she was like, but I come from this family. I, and I'm like, but it's not yours. She felt, so yeah. she felt it. And, and so I just want to say, cause I think this, like to me, shame is the sense of your, this is bad. This is wrong. Right. And when there's rape, sexual assault, it, we go to, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, you know, obviously you're in your bed. You didn't, you know, it's not like a date rape where you were out kissing them or something. You were, you literally were violated and victimized. But when people act shamelessly, it's like the perpetrator puts the shame on and the victim's like, oh, something's wrong with me. As opposed to, oh, hell no. Something was wrong with them. I got perpetrated. I was violated. They are the ones that should be acting shameful, but we carry the shame. And so we that's do. such a big one. And like, how did you, I mean, you're literally, you have built a whole business around, hello, I was raped. Like you built a whole business around that. <laughs> so was there ever a time, and I know we've had a little conversation about this, where maybe your family members or your friends or your husband or your kids were like, you're talking about that? Like, did you ever have to battle that at all? Uh, well, I'm going to take that back even a step farther, okay. because even though it was a stranger who broke into my home. Yeah there was still that time where it was, well, couldn't I have done more to stop him? Uh, Why didn't I take better precautions to make sure he couldn't get in my screens? Yeah. So uh, things happen Your mind goes for that, right, right, right. Yeah, so there was still that I could have done, what else could I have done? Mm -hmm. There should have been more that I could do or should have done. And the... The huge thing that got me out of that mindset was yet another activity at uh-huh. another type of creativity yeah, conference. Yeah. And we went through a series of exercises where it was take the situation as it stood okay. and take the outcome as it stood. Okay. But then it was, okay, now do, instead of what you did, do, do what you thought you should have done. Do something else. Okay. And what was your outcome from that? I took that through a series of steps. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got through the steps, I was dead. I I, I hadn't survived the rape. And I knew that that was very potential. Absolutely. Potential was absolutely there because this man who ultimately got arrested and convicted, um, he ended up going to trial after he was convicted on a case I was joint in with another woman mm. for uh, someone else that his, his attack on her had proceeded two, two weeks prior to mine. 
and he left her in a bloodbath for dead. And I also knew from his interactions with me that mm-hmm. he was fully capable of mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. that he, he just had no concern or care. Yeah, about yeah, right. As it occurred to me. So I, I, I had all of that going on in my head early on. And then, yes, later on, there was concern from, from family, from, you know, ultimately from the man that I, I ended up marrying. Mm-hmm. And it was, you, you still, are you sure you yeah. want to delve into this? Yeah. Because it's, it's like, yeah. why do you want to be in that? And it, it, and that to me is huge because it's not that I want to be in that because mm-hmm. that's what victims do. Mm-hmm. And that's how people unfortunately remain victims. Mm-hmm. They stay in story because right. that's where they gain sympathy or they receive what they perceive to be benefits from that story mm-hmm. when in fact all it's doing is locking that trauma yeah. deep inside and not allowing it to be processed and to be let out i just want to say something though sometimes they don't know there's another choice right because there's a thing called a trauma bond you know um like oh oh you were raped through that oh i was a raped through that oh oh i got assaulted and there's there's like we we have to bond around our brokenness and there's almost like, well, who am I without that? So like, so like, that's a question because a lot of people in recovery, you know, oh, I'm just, a, I'm still drunk or, oh, you know, all, all us addicts lie. Like, like, like you get an identity based around the broken mm-hmm. part. Who would you be exactly. without that? And so there's an opportunity there if you're, you know, if, I'm not saying you're a rape survivor and you know, you're, you're doing what she's saying, but maybe you have the, like every man I love has ever has left me or I always lose my like, jobs. You know, maybe you have an identity of stuff happens to me. Who would you be without that story? Because that's the possibility. And you have not let the story define you. So how did, how did and you I, I'm going to take that a step yeah. further and yeah. say it, it is a story. And you can choose to tell the story in a different way. Ooh, I got goosebumps. And you on that can one. choose to go. have to make the story have a different ending. Okay, I want to go real deep here. I think the way you choose to change the story is understanding the why of it. So for you, Renee, is there like a an existential like this happened to me because or this happened to me for you have to get right with that. Otherwise you're just fucked. You're just a victim, right? So how did you make sense of, I lived through a, a horrific thing. How, did, how does that land for you? What's the story today that you hold it with? This actually came to me quite recently um, because it was something that I struggled with for quite a while. Yeah, yeah. And I remember people saying to me, oh, well, this, what doesn't, Kill you probably makes heard you this. stronger. A lot of people, right? Exactly, <laughs> have heard that phrase. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And and when I first heard that, when some people were saying that to me, I said, "I was already strong. I didn't need this to prove that I was stronger." <laughs> right. I honestly just recently started reading uh, Elizabeth Lesser's book called Broken Open, mm. and there have been some things that have really resonated with that with me. Um, but another book I read recently is called Grit. Mm. And in Grit, she, uh, the author makes a reference to that statement. 
and then puts anecdotally in that some people have considered, like with the researcher who, who worked on this, have considered not that what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, it's how you react to what mm-hmm. doesn't kill you mm-hmm. that Oof. makes you stronger. Truth bomb. That is good. Good. So it's, it's taking that experience and then saying, okay, what is it that I'm going to do with this? And for me, ultimately, it was, I, by nature, a teacher. Mm-hmm. I am comfortable with public speaking, which mm-hmm. most of the rest of the world thinks they'd rather be in the coffin than uh, yeah, delivering yeah. the eulogy. Uh-huh. So, uh, and as I realized that, it became easier for me to deal with processing this as I opened up and shared it because that's wow. just how I roll. Right, right. Then I realized I'm the perfect person to help yeah. those who can't do that kind of work that is easy for me mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not easy, but is is certainly it's yours to in do. My wheelhouse. It's your work. Yes. So, have you had any experience? Renee, have somebody just going, thank you for telling your story. I've never told anybody. Like, like how, how does that go for you? Uh, yes, and yes. Um, I routinely, when I go to networking events or mm-hmm. meetings, and I have the opportunity to not just introduce myself, but say a little bit about what I do mm-hmm. and who I do it for, it is actually unusual that, at the end, someone doesn't come up to me mm. privately yeah. and say, yeah. thank you for saying that. Thank you yeah. for sharing that. I've never told anyone this, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. yeah." and then disclose. <sighs> this is why we're having this conversation because see, I'm like, I'm like a shame buster because of my trauma. I've been sexually assaulted. I've, you know, I have had a load of boatload of stuff. And what I know is the great lie is that you're broken and don't tell anybody and keep it hidden. And if we bring light to it, it heals. Like dark can't live where light goes, right? And so that's why I love... It's it's toxic if you keep it inside. 100%. It is. is. And so I love courageous women like you who come forward and say, this happened. And, you know, I saw... Do you know Eliana Van Zandt? Do you know who she is? She's... Oh, yes. I love Eliana. Oh my gosh, she's like who I want to be when I grow up and get a TV show, right? And I saw her, oh my gosh, probably 15 years ago. She came to my church and she did, she, she preached and spoke and did a workshop. And her whole thing was everything that happens to you was divine design, like it was supposed to happen. And a woman stands up, she goes, hold on, I was sexually assaulted. And how can you tell me that was supposed to happen to me? And first she said, because you could handle it. And the woman pushed back. She's fighting on the microphone. And Yolanda says, look, everything that happens is for healing, yours or somebody else's. And your story is the most beautiful. I mean, on a soul level, you chose this. You said yes to this. And, and look at how many lives you have touched, right? Because you said yes. And so you didn't stay a victim. You didn't let him destroy you. The bastard didn't win. And so I, I just so want to honor you and the work you do. And as we wrap up, is there any final words of wisdom? Anybody, if anybody's out there struggling, going, should I talk about it? I don't know. I'm carrying it. Like, what would you say to somebody? I would say you would need to find a way to get it out in some yeah. way, shape, or yeah. form. Yeah. And 
find someone to talk to or even start journaling. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to share the journaling, the writing with anyone out of you. You don't feel that you can do that. Um, But just some way to find a release for for that. And it really is toxic. It's, Mm -hmm. It's eating up the inside of you if you don't find a way to get it out to have some kind of release. And I would encourage anyone who wants to take this discussion any further or has any questions about this or just wants to find out a little bit more about me and what I do mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to come to my website. And that, that is called Soaring Pathways. So it's soaring like an eagle. Yeah. Pathways is plural. And that was a very deliberately chosen name because that's what I feel that no matter what happens to you, you can still soar after it's all the dust Mm. clears Mm. and that there's not just one right way to do that. So that's why pathways is with an S. Mm -hmm. It's a multiple. That's awesome. Well, my brain here is fiercely brilliant. And thank you for sharing with us your fierce brilliance. I love it. So it's been a delight to have you here. Soaring Pathways, is that a .com or .ca? Which was a .com, yes. .com, okay. Some of my EBC friends are Canadian, so i got to make sure it's right. That is correct, absolutely. (laughs) All right, well, it has been a delight to be with you. And I would love, gang, post some comments, you know, follow us. Like, if if Renee has touched you, reach out to her. It takes a lot of courage to break through and be a stand for somebody um, not being victimized and soaring through trauma. And so, again, thank you so much. Leave a review if you've liked this episode and reach out. Peace and blessings. Bye. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Hey, this is Teresa, and I'm so excited that you were with us today for another episode of the Fiercely Brilliant Podcast. You know, if you are inspired to get to that brilliant place, if you heard some wisdom today that made you think, yeah, I need some help in that area, I would encourage you to have a conversation with me. Super simple. You just go to treeskelly.com forward slash let's connect. It's a no charge, no pressure conversation. And if I can support you to clear the blocks, to really step into that brilliance, oh my gosh, it would be a delight. And I'll be honest with you. We'll just have a great conversation and see where we can take it. Peace and blessings. Bye.